In this life, we all need more love than we receive from other people. That's because we live our lives here on earth in the company of imperfect human beings who love us sincerely, but also imperfectly. And so, my brothers and sisters, there is within each and every one of us what you might call a love gap. That's the gap between the love that we need from others and the love that we end up receiving from them. Actually, there are a lot of love gaps, many, many love gaps inside of each of us. Gaps which correspond to the many different people with whom we share our lives. For example, if you are a married person, and I know many of you are, then you definitely have a love gap inside of you with respect to your spouse. Even if you have a good marriage, a solid marriage, a happy marriage, like the Rushlows here who are celebrating 60 years of wedded bliss with us today. Congratulations. God bless you. Yes. But even if your marriage is like theirs, if you love each other deeply as husband and wife, the fact is, your spouse does not love you with a perfect love. Nor do you love him or her in that way. Which really should come as no surprise, since both of you are sinners. And sinners, by definition, are imperfect. Every teenage boy in this church right now has a love gap in his relationship with his parents. Same is true for every teenage girl. And every parent has a love gap with respect to each of his or her children, no matter what age they happen to be. Think of a person in your life, and I mean any person in your life, and realize that you have a love gap of some size within you right now with respect to that particular individual. Now, I mention this today because this is one of the biggest reasons why we sin against one another so frequently. See, deep down inside of us, there's a longing. We long to experience a love from other people that's perfect. Perfectly selfless, perfectly forgiving, perfectly patient, perfectly self-sacrificial. But what we actually get is something less than that sometimes something much less than that. Spouses don't receive perfect love for one another, and so they argue and fight. And they may cheat on one another, either physically or at least emotionally. Teens don't receive perfect love from their parents, so they rebel. Co-workers in similar situations harbor grudges. Siblings don't speak to one another for years. The list goes on and on. Mary, our Blessed Mother, of course, was different. A lot different. By the grace of Almighty God and by the free assent of her human will in every circumstance of her life, Our Lady never sinned against anyone. Not even once. And as a reward for her life of perfect faithfulness as the Mother of God, she was taken up to heaven, body and soul, when her time on earth was finished.
That's the feast, that's the event we commemorate on this feast that we celebrate in the church this weekend, the Feast of Our Lady's Assumption. Now this occurrence in Mary's life is important for us because it's actually a foreshadowing. It's a foreshadowing of what will happen to the rest of the human race at the end of the world. Now many Catholics are not clear about this, so I, I like to go over this every Feast of the Assumption. Remember, when the rest of us die, our souls are separated from our bodies. The bodies go into the ground. Our souls go to one of three places, either heaven or hell or purgatory. If they go to purgatory, then they enter heaven when their purification in purgatory is completed. It is only at the end of time that our bodies, our human bodies, will be raised up and reunited with our souls. Then at that point, we will go body and soul, either to heaven or hell, for all eternity. Once there are no more souls that need to pass through purgatory, it will cease to exist. In the preface of this Mass, which I will say in a few moments, it says the following, Today the Virgin Mother of God was taken up into heaven to be the beginning and the pattern of the Church in its perfection. In this sense, my brothers and sisters, we are the Church. And Mary is called our pattern here because what happened to her at the end of her earthly life her entry into heaven, body and soul, will happen to all faithful disciples of Jesus at the end of time. Now what's interesting about Mary for the purpose of this homily is that she remained sinless. She remained absolutely sinless in spite of the fact that she received imperfect love from everybody in her life, with the exception of Jesus, her divine son. Even Joseph, as holy, as saintly as he was, was not perfect. So there was still a love gap present in Our Lady's relationship with him. Though to be sure, it was a very small one. Someone filled those love gaps. And that someone was none other than Almighty God himself. And this is what we really need to be clear about today. The deep intense, profound bond Mary had with God comes through beautifully in her Magnificat, which we heard a few moments ago in the Gospel, where Mary says, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has looked with favor on his lowly servant. The Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Now there's a woman who knows God. There's a woman who loves God with all her heart, who has a deep, profound, personal relationship with her Lord. So the lesson for us today, my brothers and sisters, is very simple. Only God, only God, only God can fill the love gaps within us. As only God could fill the love gaps in the life of our Blessed Mother. No one, please hear that, no one here on this earth is capable of doing that job. Because no one here on earth loves us 
perfectly. This is why we need to make our relationship with the Lord our number one priority in this life. It can't be an option. If we really want happiness, even a measure of happiness here on this earth, the Lord has to be front and center. This is why we need to make Mass our top priority every week, every weekend. It's why we need to pray every day. See, if we don't do that stuff, if we don't do those things, the love gaps that are present, always present in our hearts, will get the better of us and lead us to sin against one another. Guaranteed. Let me now suggest to you a prayer, a great prayer. This prayer will help you to seek God's help in dealing with these love gaps in your heart, in your life. You can say this prayer in a general sense, or you can say it with a particular person in mind. I came across this prayer just a few weeks ago in a book by Mother Nadine Brown. Mother Nadine's a great spiritual writer, an incredibly insightful woman, who spoke here at St. Pius this past May. We were blessed to have her. For lack of a better title, you could call this the bridge prayer. And it's really short and really easy to remember. It's one line and it goes like this. Lord, bridge the gap in me between the love I received and the love I needed. Which, of course, is always greater than the love we receive. Lord, bridge the gap in me between the love I received from my Father and the love I needed from Him. Lord, bridge the gap in me between the love I received from my mother and the love I needed from her. Lord, bridge the gap in me between the love I received from my friend and the love I needed from him. I've been a priest now almost 25 years. I've read a lot of prayers. I've come across a lot of them. I'll tell you, that little prayer is, without a doubt, one of the most powerful I've ever come across. And one of the most necessary. I recommend saying it often, even every day, if you feel prompted to. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, every day we receive less love than we actually need. In fact, on most days, we probably receive a lot less love than we actually need from other people. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us on this, your glorious feast day. Pray for us, Mary, that we will follow your example and allow the Lord, by his saving grace, to bridge the gaps, to bridge the many love gaps that are present in our hearts. Amen.